Welcome to the Men of Valor program. Today we have special guests joining us that we're quite excited about. We've got one of Faithful and True's uh, probably most popular therapists for the uh, women, and that is Susie Schmidt. And with Susie is her husband, Russ. Uh, Russ has been an important uh, member of the team here at Faithful and True over the years as he leads one of our men's groups, uh, as well as Susie and uh, Russ participating in the couples workshop, uh, many other important activities along the way. Susie leads the women's groups here, as well as uh, seeing individuals and couples. So without further ado, welcome Susie and Russ. Great to be here. Thank you. Yeah, we are glad that you are here. And for those of you that have seen our December newsletter, um, you know that kind of the, the topic, the theme is unexpected gifts. And Susie was one of the writers of one of the articles. And so I thought it would be good to have both Russ and Susie be here and just talk about this idea of un- unexpected gifts that come to us through this journey, um, through the people who know us, as well as um, just the complexity sometimes that gift giving can have in a coupleship. Um, as um, Randy mentioned, Russ and Susie are a part of the couples workshop team, and, and it was through that context that um, Beth and I really got to know them better and spend time with them, and so it's great to have you here today. Thanks, Greg. So, um, Susie, tell us about the, the thoughts behind um, when you first heard the idea of unexpected gifts. What, what did you think of, and what was it that you wanted to be able to communicate to people? I thought about the idea of fostering more of an attitude of being grateful. Mm-hmm. Attitude of gratitude, I guess that rhymes. Yeah. Um, but that in the busyness of life, that can get lost without more intentional focus on it. Mm-hmm. You know, um, as I was writing the article that I did, I was aware of how um, we've created this system where with wish list and electronic gift list that many times we are so clearly communicating to people what we want, and, and this is around Christmas and the gift-giving season, that many times we get what we request, but we're not really shocked or surprised because we asked for it. Mm-hmm. So how powerful it is to know that someone is aware of us and knows us, that they can give us a gift that is meaningful and actually surprises us, is unexpected. Right. The idea that somebody went out of their way to really think about me and pick something out. Mm-hmm. How, how does y'all's family do gifts normally? Is that a pattern that you have where you make requests or do you try to surprise each other? How, how has that developed over the years? The family I grew up in was a list-driven gift deal, but with our own kids, we haven't done that. Okay. How about you, Russ? How did gifts happen when y'all were growing up? Well, Christmas gifts, we that was a big deal. Uh, birthday gifts, not so much. And uh, I don't know. That was a that was a fun memory, I guess, of my family and getting together on Christmas Eve and opening presents. Okay. Yeah. You know, um, you you mentioned this idea of how we experience gifts growing up, and what's true is when we get married, it can get complicated because our spouse doesn't always do gifts or their family didn't manage gifts in the same way, and so. For a lot of couples, what we're aware of is this season of gift giving can actually be a time of a lot of anxiety as we feel this pressure to give the perfect gift or the most meaningful gift. And I know for couples, especially if they're in a challenging season, that can create even more chaos for them. Well, I was thinking about our our clash of gift mm-hmm. giving 
with our birthday story that yeah. we share at the couple's workshop a lot. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. What, what was that experience um, for y'all that first time that y'all had a gift-giving opportunity as a young couple? It was my birthday seven, eight months after we'd gotten married, and it never occurred to us to talk about our theory, our vision mm-hmm. about gifts. We just went into my, I just went into my birthday expecting that Russ was going to do it exactly the way I was used to having it done. Yeah, what, what was that like for you, Susie, the way you <laughs> wanted to have it done? What time did the parade start, <laughs> usually? <laughs> I wanted him to make me feel super special that day. Yeah, and how did, how did they, your and mom that, and dad do that for you? Uh, my mom was just really um, good at communicating blessing. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a ton of money. It wasn't like lavish gifts, but... She just really communicated that to us on our birthdays, and I didn't even realize the richness of that, mm-hmm. that I'd and, gotten that gift. And my guess is, you know, you use the word intentionality, that your mom was very intentional in what she got, and, and there was this knowing of you. She knew what would be meaningful. She knew right. your desires, and she was right. able to provide that for you out of that place, like you said, a blessing. Right. So how did Russ do that first year? Well, first I'd like to talk about my uh, my growing up experience with birthdays. Um, it wasn't really such a big deal. In our house, you got celebrated for um, uh, what you did, not uh, necessarily just for being on earth. And uh, so my expectation going into any birthday was to, you know, buy a present and Eat cake. And eat cake. And, and that's what I did. You know, I did that for Susie. And, and my father thought he was pretty great because he would pick out clothes for my mom. And my understanding from him was that very few men bought women clothes. And so I thought, oh, well, you know, I can do this as well as my father can. So I went out shopping and I, I, I found this beautiful uh, kind of weird Mint kind of green, mint green uh, popcorn sweater, and uh, <laughs> the person I bought it from assured me that she'd be thrilled <laughs> with, with that gift. So, uh, and in, in hindsight, what you're aware of is she was a very good salesperson. <laughs> I think she recognized uh, an easy sale, is what she kind of looked. Hey, at. I finally sold that mint green popcorn sweater. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. You'll never guess who bought it. Um, so. so yeah, so when your birthday came around and I got a cake and I had a present, I was all set. Mm. And you know, what I hear though, Russ, is that your desire was to celebrate Susie and to honor Susie, and you were doing what was modeled for you and what you were taught. It just so happened that it wasn't the expectation that Susie had based upon her experience. Well, as it turns out, you are correct. <laughs> right, right. So how was that for you receiving the popcorn sweater? Um, the, the sweater itself was, was fine. It was, it was enormous. It was bulky. Mm. So rest did not, (laughs) not only did he not choose necessarily a style that you would have been drawn to, he, he miscalculated the size that you needed. Apparently so. (laughs) (laughs) Which goes over so well with young couples. (laughs) There's no sensitivity when it comes to women's clothing and Uh, how it fits. No, I was completely shocked that she didn't put it on right away and wear it the next day to work. You know, I didn't understand that very well. It really wasn't about the gift, actually. Mm. We're laughing about that. It's kind Mm. of funny. But um, 
the difference of um, just how I had been celebrated historically mm-hmm. to what Russ didn't even know to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was the striking thing that I remember mm-hmm. from that. Well, you know, one of, one of the things that we teach at the couples workshop is this idea that um, with expectations, there's no right or wrong expectations, that everybody has expectations based upon their history. And many times we don't even know we have them till they're not being met. Mm-hmm. So in this case, Russ's expectation of how birthdays were right. to be done and yours, neither one was right or wrong. They right. were just different. Right. And then once that expectation wasn't met, there were probably meanings and messages that were associated with that that created some chaos. Right. You know, it it is interesting how we can later on laugh about experiences, but in the moment they can be incredibly painful because they do trigger old wounds and, you know, old beliefs and um, create the, the the chaos in a coupleship. You know, we work with couples, many of them that are in very difficult seasons. So are there any suggestions or thoughts that you have about kind of helping couples navigate a difficult season when there's an expected gift because of the, the celebration or the culture? Well, I'll start with that. I, I think uh, post-recovery, those first couple of Birthdays and holidays were extremely difficult, and the way we chose to navigate it is becoming extremely intentional about uh, talking about what our expectations were. Um, you know, my desires for wh- how to celebrate things were on a different um, plane than Susie's, just where I was at in my recovery and where she was. And so uh, I had to dial back my expectations, and, and she got very good at being very clear about what it is that she needed, which uh, before that, neither one of us were very good at. Mm. Yeah, and I actually, for the first time, was um, instructed, guided, I'll say guided, to um, allow myself permission to not celebrate some of those early holidays Mm -hmm. and events when we were in early recovery. I didn't feel like celebrating and Mm -hmm. um, learned that it was okay. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the language that I use is that it, there are some seasons where there isn't a celebration. Yeah. And we can also acknowledge when um, Beth and I were separated, uh, it just so happened that our anniversary was during that season. And um, it was the only anniversary that we never spent together. And unfortunately, I was living with someone that gave me some good coaching. Um, it was a, a wise older couple, and they just gave me some good coaching on how to acknowledge our anniversary in the season of separation and do it in such a way where there weren't any expectations that I had from Beth. Hmm. I think one of the things that complicates it is sometimes if our gift giving feels as if there's an agenda behind it, like Hmm. you're giving me this, but you want something back. It's that give to get mentality. It creates chaos. But if someone can actually give something that is meaningful without any expectation and how the person is going to to respond, that truly can be an unexpected gift in a very difficult, painful season in the coupleship. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, I I think one unexpected gift out of just that part of things, expectations had to do with how we did vacations uh, with our children. We uh, Part of our new routine was to ask each person, you know, what one thing they really wanted to to do during a vacation and make sure that that actually happened uh, rather than 
just kind of go on vacation and just kind of chaotically move around, I guess. So we became much more intentional about talking to our children about their expectations. And that was kind of an unexpected gift of recovery, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we talk about the seven desires, and one of them is to be heard and understood. And it sounds like y'all became very intentional to ask your children and then to, to listen to them, to hear and understand what their desire is. And I think that that is, you know, as I think of the seven desires and gift giving, the, the desire to be heard and understood, the desire to be chosen, the desire to be included, each of those play significantly in the expression of a gift. And mm. there is something about that unexpected gift where I didn't tell anybody that I wanted it, and yet my sense is they knew me well enough to know that I would value it. Mm. And it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be extravagant. But there's, there is a precious gift in knowing that we are known by the people that we love. Mm. Yeah, Susie got me a gift once. Uh, I had this little cardboard cutout of this basketball player that for some reason I found very um, fun to have. And it, the arm was ripped off, and uh, but he had a, a uniform on like we used to have in um, junior high where you actually had a belt buckle on your, on your uh, shorts and they were silk and so forth. So she took this little worthless piece of cardboard cut out and she had it framed very, very nicely with a mat and everything else. And uh, that was definitely something that she knew I would appreciate. Uh, it certainly wasn't something she would have done for herself. So mm-hmm. that was very meaningful to me. Well, and what I hear that, that was unexpected is that she was paying attention. Yeah. That for all those years, she saw that that was important to you and you valued it and mm-hmm. Um, in that she was able to um, do something that made it something that you could keep. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's hanging in a prominent place right now in my little office. Um, Susie, with your work with women, um, is there encouragement or support that you would give them in this season when maybe their spouse wants to give them a gift and they may not be at a place to fully receive it? Is there any coaching that you might give in that situation to help a woman navigate the complexity of the holidays, not just this holiday, but like we said, birthdays or anniversaries or whatever may be out there. Yeah, that makes me think of, um, I joined women's group here in January of whatever year it was. And um, we're sitting at a lunch after group on Valentine's Day. Group landed on the actual Valentine's Day and we were sitting there sharing chocolate with each other and uh, talking about how how in the world do we navigate these kinds of, you know, m- the mm-hmm. mushy cards out there. The There was no card that I could buy mm-hmm. that would feel like something I could honestly, you know, we're trying to learn here how to be authentic, mm-hmm. congruent. None of the cards were authentic congruent to where I was at that point in time. And so we talk about that a lot in groups here about what can you do that is authentic, Mm -hmm. congruent. Uh, Blank cards are awesome. Mm -hmm. You know, write something in there that... (laughs) Or don't. (laughs) (laughs) That does work. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, express maybe a, if if I'm able, express a, a vision that I do hope we're at a better place at our next wedding anniversary mm-hmm. than we are this one. 
And right now, the thing that I can do is exchange a card with you and maybe maybe that's it. Mm-hmm. And to be okay with that. And, you know, to talk about motivation, my motivation is not to hurt you and not to punish you by not being romantic or all the things you might like, but my motivation is to be authentic and and not have to fake it. Mm-hmm. Because anytime the circumstance pushes me or encourages me not to be authentic, it's not going to be supportive of my recovery. Right. And so finding those things that allow me just to be where I am, whether it's relationally or personally, I think is a huge part of supporting the recovery journey. Yeah. And one thing that, that I also would say is in this season, if if a couple is in a difficult place, to be attentive to those unexpected gifts that come from other places, gifts from their community or kindness in a text or just a, a affirmation that comes, or maybe it's simply an affirmation that a spouse is able to give, that that in itself can be that unexpected gift that we can get in a season of gift giving when we find ourselves in a difficult season with our coupleship. Yeah, it's true. Well, my hope is that as um, people go through the Christmas season, wherever they are with their relationships, that they will be open to giving gifts out of a place of knowing and you know, of hearing and understanding and of choosing and be attentive to to being intentional and risk moving past the gift list and the gift cards to the place of maybe identifying something that could truly communicate affection and and desire for someone that is in their life. Yeah. And a lot of those gifts maybe aren't something we can wrap or unwrap. Mm-hmm. They might be just... Um, an action or some kind of a gesture that can be really meaningful. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes showing up is the unexpected gift. Mm-hmm. You know, if, for a time, certainly we had periods of time where we stayed away from certain people that we thought were unsafe. And so, you know, uh, seeing that person again, um, just being in, in their presence was an unexpected gift for them sometimes and for us as well. Mm-hmm. I think... So much of the season of Christmas can be about excess and living past our limits, whether it's um, in our schedule, in our time, in our energy, in our finances. And anytime we're living past our limits, it will come at a cost. And so kind of the wisest way to move through the holidays is simply to name what our limits are, whether it's in time or resources or even emotional capacity. And as we do that, we're creating safety for ourselves and we're actually creating safety for others as they know what they can expect from us in this season of high expectations. You're describing the wise man, the wise woman mm-hmm. that we talk about at the workshops in the per- big purple chair, mm-hmm. somebody who knows they have choices. Mm-hmm. They don't have to do it the way it's always been done or a way that doesn't work for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sometimes getting honest at the beginning causes increased chaos. Mm-hmm. You know, when you stand up and say, this is really what I feel, this is what I desire. And if you've never done that before, and that's part of your family dynamic, that can really rock the boat. Mm-hmm. But I think long-term wise, it's much, much healthier. And I think that both of us have found that out by being authentic in the long run. 
it's actually uh, brought us closer in relationship to some some people that, including our families, that maybe weren't as close as we'd like. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that we encourage at the Couples Workshop is the more complex life is, the more important it is to regularly check in. And mm-hmm. that would be some encouragement that I would give couples. And even if the couple is doing well with themselves, there may be some complexity with some other family members. But it really does serve the coupleship to regularly just check in and name your limits, name your desires, name what is possible so that the other person isn't having to guess um, or try to, to d- discern, but the information can be clear and out of that place of clear knowing, then you can decide how you want to move forward and what is possible. Yeah, you talk about the women having a game plan when they go back into a holiday or go back into a reintegration with a spouse or something like that, don't you? Well, we learned a game plan a lot in vacationing, in Mm -hmm. holidays, in, you know, talking to each other, talking about expectations. And um, we found such help in that, you know, we'd often discover ourselves in conflict or arguing when we were back, you know, in big groups or whatever, holidays, not knowing why. Mm -hmm. And it was because of all these expectations, all these things not communicated. And all of a sudden, we're we're angry with each other, and we don't even know why. Mm -hmm. And as we were able to learn to go into it with more of a plan, communicate expectations, do the things you're talking about, Greg, a lot of that changed dramatically. Mm -hmm. I think part of what creates chaos around the holidays is the bar is set so high of what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And it's relationally, financially, with families, you know, all of that. We have these images that have been given to us about what the perfect Christmas experience is. And it it is unrealistic. It's not even possible. And so if we can change the standard to this year, we want an authentic Christmas. Whatever is honest, whatever is authentic, whatever is real, whatever is meaningful, that is our goal and desire. And sometimes that's difficult, sometimes that's painful, sometimes that's challenging. But what is true is even painful truth sets us free. So if the the desire is authenticity, then we begin to change our expectations. And suddenly we begin to discover that we can have a good Christmas if the desire is for it to be real. Yeah, that's true. That feels like a great place to uh, come to an end here today. We'd, uh, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas <laughs> to all of you. Absolutely. Okay, then I wasn't going to share this, but the worst gift I ever gave my wife, Cindy. And we've been married 28 years, so I'm going to take you back very quickly 25 years when I thought I was being terribly clever and I purchased one of those rumbas, uh, Roombas. Oh, yeah, it, yeah. It's a round yeah. vacuum cleaner that yeah. runs itself mm-hmm. around the house. Yeah. And I thought, oh, she's going to love that. It's going gonna, it's gonna to clean the floors, and then it puts itself away. And so <laughs> she opened the gift on, uh, on Christmas, and it was not the response I was looking for. <laughs> and that was the day I learned that you never give your wife a household appliance yeah. for Christmas. It yeah. just doesn't usually <laughs> doesn't work. No, it doesn't really work. Yeah. So well, I, Don't give your mother one either. No. Uh, no, we kids gave our mom a kitchen magician so that she could uh, <laughs> dice up her lettuce and make coleslaw easier. 
Oh, and we were so proud of ourselves for getting her this. Uh, Sounds like item. the Ginsu knife. It's very much an early. <laughs> was early, it made by Papil? It certainly was. Oh, okay. Yeah, the kitchen All magician. All yeah. right. Well, Russ and Susie, thank you so much for joining uh, Greg and me today on the Men of Valor program. We hope that this program has been beneficial to all of our listeners and that this week will be filled with many blessings and great vision. <laughs>